Hello, and welcome to this fireside chat. I'm Anthony Smith, lead economist here at Freight Waves, and I'm excited about this next guest. I have Nate Schutz on with me. He is the VP of Global Fulfillment and Logistics over at Blue Dot. Nate, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Anthony. Good to be here. So, Nate, first and foremost, I had a chance to, of course, look at the Blue Dot website. Huge fan of the design, huge fan of the furniture, um, the modern, clean aesthetic. I love it. The quality, everything's amazing. Well, we absolutely appreciate it. We always like when uh, folks can appreciate good design and want to bring it into their lives. So thank you. Definitely. And so, Nate, just that people can appreciate good design and want to bring it into their lives. I can only imagine that tons of people have appreciated your design and want to bring it into your, their lives. Can you talk about some of the difficulties and just being able to fulfill some of that for people throughout the U.S.? Sure. The, obviously, the last two years has been pretty chaotic. And a lot of folks have spent a lot of time and energy and money on improving their homes. It's not just a place that you go home to from work anymore for the last year and a half. It's also been your workplace. And so we've had a lot of folks who want to uh, turn it into their nest and and treat it differently than just a, a place to sleep and, and and participate in family activities. And so there has been a lot of interest and demand for folks who want to upgrade what they have today or want to bring in new design elements to their homes. So the challenges with that, of course, demand went through the roof. Um, good things can happen in a pandemic. And we were a, a good, fortunate recipient to be in a place in the market that a lot of people were interested in. And now it's up to us to, to get the job done and fill, fulfill those orders and service our customers. Definitely. And can you talk to some of those challenges that maybe smaller or medium-sized shippers were having throughout the last year and a half or two years? Yeah, the whipsaw effect of uh, ocean capacity going you know, down overnight and then obviously not being able to come back online. For us, you know, we're not immune to that. We are a global company, and so we're sourcing from multiple countries and domestically. And to overnight have to adapt to unpredictable sailing schedules and unpredictable costs. We very quickly had to decide, you know, what was our plan of action going to be? And and we're still perfecting that. Every every new day right now seems to be another ripple that or another black swan that you have to adapt to over and over. And so it's not that there's just one part of it that is disrupted. It is literally every single step in the process. So, Nate, I had a chance, of course, to snoop all over your LinkedIn, and you're no stranger to logistics, no stranger to the supply chain. As you mentioned, there are it's almost like a new black swan situation every single day, new scenario to kind of play through. Can you talk to any new normal trends or any new normal uh, processes that is almost every day now that would have been unheard of uh, years before? Yeah, I think one of them would be that we used to for years just relied on scheduling to just happen. And it was like clockwork. And if a container was off by a day or two or a vessel was, it really wasn't that big of a deal. And you could you had enough safety stock or um, fluff in the system to be able to absorb that, no problem. Now it is the, the need for accurate visibility to where all of your inventory is at is something that we try to manage every single day down to the SKU level on which container, which part of the world is it in, which truck is it on, when will it be here? 
and making sure that the internal coordination is, uh, I would say, greater than it's ever been. And that's been one of the, the silver linings in this is you learn how resilient your processes are first, and then you learn how resilient your team is. And that's been maybe one of the, the most enjoyable parts is we're capable of far more collectively than I think the industry probably would have believed two years ago that um, when we actually get down to it, we can achieve some pretty great things simply through coordination and communication. So Nate, can we even take this further upstream? I mean, now we're talking about, of course, these uh, orders getting fulfilled, customers getting um, their furniture and all this other stuff. But can you tell me a little bit about upstream and actually sourcing some of the commodities, putting the the furniture together? Um, Some of the things I'm hearing upstream is that of course, some facilities are having um, uh, difficulties staffing labor, um, getting the commodities a- actually in the place uh, that it needs to be manufactured or produced at before it can even get shipped. At 100%. So we have a lot of those same challenges. And so our approach to that has been, first, we want to make good design that's good to everyone. And that it's not just the customer, it's also our suppliers. And um, we want to be stewards of this place in the world that we occupy. So for our manufacturing partners or our suppliers, a lot of that comes down to understanding where they where they are at and how can we support them. So if they have labor shortages, how can we try to give them as much advance notice as possible on what our purchasing plans are? If there is um, an outbreak of COVID in a certain part, we know that you know a factory might need to shut down temporarily. And then you have a lot of folks that aren't earning you know, a paycheck or a business that's not taking revenue in the door. And so how do we take the long-term approach and try to be genuine partners with those um, providers? And again, a lot of it just comes down to relationships and saying, we know that we are on the, um, the higher end of design and price points. And so with that kind of comes an obligation that um, we're willing to do things for others that uh, many others might not be willing to do. And that, that's just kind of our, our general ethos is we're not looking for the cheapest. We're not looking for the the lowest uh, cost or the fastest this. It's how can we actually be partners and build something for the long term? I think that's a great point there is really making sure that you're doing things the right way, not just the fast way, um, especially when you're in the segment that you are in, you know, as you mentioned, um, a higher price point and and definitely higher quality material. Um, Nate, can you talk to maybe the the philosophy or the strategy around just in time when you do have those materials? I mean, it seems like that philosophy for a lot of people were just kind of cut and dry, but now it's kind of expanding. It's being a little bit more uh, uh, variable, having a little bit more variables at play here. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so we've made a, a handful of adjustments. Some of them were uh, we might offer a piece of furniture in three fabrics, for example, and uh, instead of adding an additional skew altogether or an, a silhouette, we might offer that same item, but in additional fabric choices, color, um, materials, etc. So there's still the the base of what the piece might be, but we can offer more variety. Um, and that's one way in which you can still find a niche in the market that uh, there's demand for without breaking the bank or uh, completely disrupting your supply chain. Other parts of it are getting more selective on where the demand really is coming from. And 
whether it's changing your MOQs or your lead times on specific seasonal items, for example, it's a giant multivariate equation. And the more precise we can get with that, the better experience we can deliver to our customers in the end. And so, Nate, can you also talk about, so that's on the customer's end. Have there been any unlikely partnerships over the last two years or any unlikely solutions that Blue Dot has kind of come across? I would say um, internally is where I've been the most um, impressed with, again, our ability to adapt. And one of our, our company's core values is optimism and focusing on the positive and seeing the glass half full. And so every day you come in with a new challenge and our first step is to say, what can we do about it? Rather than throw our problem or our challenge over the fence and say, 3PL, freight forwarder, carrier, warehouse, fix this. It's what's our role in this and how can we enable a better outcome? And then, you know, through that, of course, we end up going to our outside providers and saying, hey, we need a transload solution. We're going to be terminating containers on the West Coast and we need to bring them in truckload and we're located in Minneapolis. So that's not exactly a short haul move. And so we need to be certain that we're communicating with those providers, what our expectations are. Obviously, pricing has been challenging. And, and we've said to our providers, hey, we, we need creative solutions. We'll tell you kind of where the, the puck is going to be and we need you to skate there with us um, so that we can actually get this done because it's not, it's not easy. And so can you tell me a little bit more about um, when you're facing those solutions, some of these issues that we're facing today aren't going to be the same ones two years from now, three years from now. Are there any uh, solutions or new mindsets that you're taking with you, um, you know, into the future when things eventually start to ease in a sense or um, we're on the other side of all these backed up um, uh, shipments, uh, insane volumes and things like that? Yeah, I think this permanently changes things. I, I don't see us going or anybody hopefully kind of going back to the way things were. The The move in some ways away from lean and more towards you know, having a good stock position, um, even in, you know, plentiful times, you know, that, that used to be a, a heresy. You would never want to go that direction, but those who have inventory are, are winning. And so one of the ways that we can look at that long-term is say, we, we want to be in stock wherever possible, um, with good forecasting on what we, where we think that demand is actually going to be. So I don't see that, um, ever going back fully to that model or or if it does it's probably going to be you know five to ten years and nate one of the things i'm really curious about is your outlook or your uh, view on the current scenario or situation right now within the transportation industry are there any variables or any aspects that not a lot of people are paying attention to in your mind but is a huge factor and really being able to successfully navigate this current uh, trend and season right now? I'll usually take the people route in a question like this. And I believe that there is a huge movement around uh, the country and particularly in our industry. It's not an easy industry. There are challenges every day. Um, Some roles are more uh, well compensated and more valued than others. But without any one of those roles being filled, the system breaks down. And so I think there are a lot of folks that are questioning, um, is driving a truck, for example, the right place for me? Uh, Maybe maybe somebody's a shipping clerk or someone's in demand planning or um, whatever it might be that 
those companies that that look at their team as um, essential and want to have long-term, not transactional relationships, I think that's where there's going to be, uh, the, the talent is going to gravitate towards those places. I'm proud to be at Blue Dot where that is one of those places and can say with utmost confidence that we value people differently here. And so I'm, it's not that we're doing something different. I think that's just the way that we intend that we just are different. And over the next couple of years, as people evaluate what, what do they really want out of their careers? I think there's wholesale change coming and things that maybe didn't matter as much, you know, time with family, um, secondary pursuits. I think those are becoming so much more critical to, to people now. And if we can, listen to those folks and engage them, I think we stand a really good chance in the future. I wouldn't bet against us. I think that's some great insight there. I mean, uh, as one of the big challenges right now in the current economic trend, of course, I'm always looking at these uh, new releases and new reports when it comes to especially the consumer or and the employee side of things. You're looking at uh, job openings through the roof, but um, Initial jobs claims still relatively high. You're seeing the quit rate also high as well. Being able to retain your people is a huge value add because um, there's so much uh, knowledge lost sometimes when you know you have to replace or train up. And so I think that's a great value add um, when you're looking at what's happening with efficiencies within the company. Can you talk to a little bit more about some of the other efficiencies that you're seeing? Um, whether it not even be around people, but or people and processes or new ways of doing things. Yeah, I think the the growing demand that we're seeing in the the home goods space is creating opportunities for additional processes, whether that's in the middle mile and its consolidation or um, mode optimization. You know, better planning on the warehousing side to to trap freight and do orders. You know more sustainably and at, at a lower cost, better transit, lower damage, all of those kind of strategies, I think is a, a really big uh, part, especially for large items. The other area I see a lot of exciting things going on is in the last mile space and different companies trying different approaches to improve the customer experience, do it more effectively, less expensively, and get really creative on what that looks like. And I want our customers to remember the delivery experience as much as the product and and have an experience that matches what you would get in a store or online or when you encounter our brand uh, anywhere else. And so those kinds of changes, I think the industry as a whole is is still wrestling with, and we certainly are as well. Nate, I think that's a great point there, because if I take myself out of the supply chain, if I take myself as just an everyday consumer, even though supply chain has really made it to... Uh, table talk around the country um, with so many delays, so much craziness happening uh, within the supply chain. But if I take myself out of that, I can understand a delay for sure. But just as you mentioned, I am going to remember that delivery process. I mean, I'm going to remember if I received um, my materials in a really uh, worn down box, if the packaging was on point, um, if there were scuffs on the materials. Uh, and, and looking at that, that's a huge value add for not only that customer satisfaction, but when you're looking at being able to retain uh, repeat business and really spread that word of mouth. So I think that's a great insight there. Yeah, I think consumers at the end of the day 
For them, the experience isn't over until they're enjoying whatever it is that they purchased and they can hear the delivery truck leaving the neighborhood. That's when they actually relax. That's when they start to experience what they've spent a, t- a bunch of time researching and you know, looking at in their home and, and talking with their partner about. That's the payoff moment is when they finally get to experience the product and it becomes a part of their home. And so that's the goal. That's, that's the place that we are aspiring to get to where they just relax and they, they begin to enjoy the Blue Dot experience. So Nate, we've been able to go throughout the entire supply chain here, really been able to start upstream and move all the way down to the final consumer. And I think it's important that you really, I mean, you highlighted some great points here. You, you've mentioned some of the efficiencies, uh, some of the, the aspects that are just going to be here to stay, some of the trends that aren't trends, they're just now going to be the way of life and being able to adapt. I think there's a great deal of, of insight and knowledge in those words. And so Nate, looking forward, what's one wild call? In uh, the words of our CEO, Craig Fuller, um, what's one wild call that you might have over the next three to five years uh, to expect within either your industry, um, maritime, or really the supply chain overall? I would have to go to the final mile space. That's, again, I think the most exciting. And a lot of different models have been tried so far with agents and subcontractors upon subcontractors upon subcontractors, um, all the way up to the full employee model and everything in between. So I don't know what the end outcome of that space looks like, but to me that is the, the wild uh, shot in the dark is that I think five years from now it will look fundamentally differently than any of us have even imagined yet. Nate, thanks so much. I appreciate it. And thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you all for tuning in. That's going to do it for this fireside chat, but stay tuned. There's plenty more to come.